0: So uh, welcome to the latest in the series of the uh, the Gig CX Decoded podcast. You're joined by uh, Chris Dompton. I'm your host. I'm the Chief sales Officer here at the Good Ship Limitless. Uh, Limitless is um, a Gig CX organization. So we help businesses to use crowds of their customers to route digital inquiries to, and they help serve their other customers. It's a fantastic, fantastic proposition, even if I do say so myself. But part of our mission is to help educate those that want to know more about CX, but more importantly the gig economy and how it relates so the way we do that is we bring on people that are far cleverer than myself to give their perspectives on the on the industry as a whole and today is no exception we are very excited today to be joined by none other than Kristen sharp who uh amongst many other things in your uh you know your history and your career is currently the ceo of the flex association um which is the voice of the app economy which is predominantly where most people would kind of say well what is what does gig mean if we talk about rideshare or uh, food delivery and things like that that's ultimately what people are using so that's what we're here to talk about today um Kristen, welcome to the show
1: thanks chris i'm happy to be here
0: uh, it's nice to have a very similar name uh, so i it so i would get i only get called christopher if i've been naughty but is there a, is there a longer name to Kristen, or is it just Kristen? just just that's it
1: nope Kristen and i uh sometimes get shortened to chris but generally it's just <laughs> Kristen. so hopefully we won't confuse ourselves
0: yeah okay we'll, we'll keep it to Kristen. so i mean you, you've made your career out of the way that you know innovation changes the way that we work could, could you just give the listeners a bit of a you know history of of you and and you know and how this is relevant for the conversation today that'd be great
1: Sounds good. So um, I've spent my career thinking about the ways that we work, um, primarily how innovation and technology affect work, Um, both working in the U.S. Senate, where I spent many years working on everything from national security to um, tech innovation to the future of work
0: um, Mm
1: -hmm. and and uh, then into the investment space and think tank world a little bit as well. Um, Flex itself is a new trade association that's the voice of the app-based economy. We focus in particular on rideshare and delivery, but Mm -hmm. um, uh, think about the impact of the app-based world and app-based platforms for all workers and for the communities that we serve.
0: Well, there's a lot, there's a lot in there, just casual references to working for, you know, the Senate and think tanks, and things like that. And there we go. But so fair to say that you've been immersed in not just the technology, but also the, the, I guess, more recently, the legislative, if I can talk properly, side of what that means from how app-based economies and how the freelance economy can affect the way that we work.
1: Yeah, so I'd say that's right. Um, Right now, we, are at least in the united states the workforce system is set up very specifically to support those who are w2 employees who are employees that work in the traditional way um, where you have a nine to five job and you go to a particular place and your hours and structure of work are really set by somebody else another organization or a boss and what we see in the gig economy is that people Uh, workers and entrepreneurs are are excited to have the flexibility and independence of making those decisions for themselves. And so um, for us, a lot of what we do is advocate for what can we do to help the the legal system shift in order Mm -hmm. to be able to empower and support people who want more flexibility and who want to be able to make decisions about when, where, how, and how often they work for themselves.
0: Well, what a great name to have in terms of Flex, being able to do that because that's ultimately what? Kind of
1: self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. we have to do a bit of more explanation with Limitless because people think we're some affiliation to the movie, but when we talk about, you know, what we do, but anyway, so um, I thought the first thing I thought we'd talk about, Kristen, is the, you know, so W2 in the US is equivalent to PAYE in the UK. That that's our you know the, the phraseology that we would use. And as you said, that's to do with people being actually employed and then paying their tax through that employment system and having their work. Uh, I wouldn't say dictated, but certainly controlled by their by the employer. Right, that's the traditional relationship. And then yeah, you know, the world's moved on significantly um, in the last 20 years. 15 years and, and I, I guess in the last five years been a massive insurgence of those working in what's then been called the freelance economy. It can also be called the independent contractors. It can also be called the gig economy and the relationship that people have with them is uh, first and foremost, often people are customers of, of them. So I, I, I would doubt anybody listening to this podcast have not had have not had a you know have taken a you know a lift or an uber or any other form of ride share or had their or stayed in some form of you know airbnb or equivalent or had their food delivered to them by somebody on a bike on a friday night when they can't be bothered to go out to a restaurant right so we're all users of the you know this freelance economy and that freelance economy is made up of principally people that need something and people that have got the ability to work on their own free will to make those two things happen. You've got somebody, you know, let's say, for example, a restaurant who's making the food. You've got somebody who wants to eat the food and the, the gig economy and the, the, the flex world comes in to, to bring those two things together. Now, in the recent years, we've seen a lot of stigma associated with it. There's different definitions. But the one question I thought we'd start on, Christian, to open up the conversation was, um, and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to hopefully use the right phraseology here, which is the DOL rule, which is the Department of Labor rule, which is the proposed changes in the US to the sort of worker classification around uh, the the freelance economy. C- could you just explain what the challenge is in your own words and, and, and then your perspective on it? That would be fantastic.
1: Yeah. So just um, in terms of the gig economy and the definition, it's a, it's a, tough thing because it's a rapidly evolving space as the future as technology creates new opportunities for people to work differently and to have more opportunities to choose um, the kind of work that works for them. Um, We think of it as the flex economy uh, and and you know it's equivalent to the gig economy or the independent contracting economy in different ways but we think um, that that flexible work is is there's a larger economy of people who have who have opted to be non-traditional workers, um, and that ranges from freelancers um, that are sort of in the traditional space of accountants or graphic designers or writers in some way, um, to to sole proprietors of um, of a business where they are. They are connecting to clients and a client base through a platform, um, and uh, and you know the, those things combined, at least in the United States, are about 36 percent of the total workforce now, um, mm-hmm. and and worldwide, I think it's I think there's a similar set of people that have that have explored working in a non-traditional way. Um, that that the fact that the sector is so rapidly growing presents new opportunities for. For historically underrepresented populations, mm-hmm. um, for women, um, parents, for retirees, for for anybody who who needs to work in a way that isn't so structured, that really wants the flexibility to to do the work on their own time, uh, to ramp up their income um, according to how much they needed a particular moment, and to supplement a a more traditional job, which we see in the app-based world happens a lot. Um, The Department of Labor proposed rule, um, the US agency rulemaking process goes through sort of an initial rule that is proposed, and then there is the opportunity for um, for anybody affected by that rule to comment and respond. And what where we are right now in the process is that we're in that period of of assessment and responding. So wow. um I will say that for for us at the Flex association and and at Flex generally, um, we're, Focused on ensuring that the Department of Labor hears from workers um, mm-hmm. and hears from workers themselves about why uh, platform uh, the the structure of platform work works for them, because we we see in our own research and in surveys and in roundtable discussions and in um, questionnaires to the app based workforce that you know seventy to eighty something percent of people are are not just satisfied. With working in the non-traditional way, but are hugely enthusiastic about it, yeah. um, and they are hugely ent- enthusiastic about it because of the flexibility and because of the ability to control their schedule and and not just figure out when they want to work or or have the ability to work in one city and then go visit another city and continue having access to to. You know, clients and income in, in different ways, but also the ability to look at how much money they want to make and then jump on at particular times, mm-hmm. uh, jump on in a, you know, for particular segments that work around their schedule and and be able to sort of meet a particular financial goal mm-hmm. And how they want to, and and that that sense of control and agency is what I hear from workers over and over again. That is the thing that is has revolutionized how they work in their life. And I really want the Department of Labor to know and hear from those independent contractors that this is you know there's a there's a fundamental difference between juggling you know three a barista job and a and a retail job and a mm-hmm. restaurant. And and being able to um, have have the control of saying, like, you know, I'd like to do it for 10 hours this week and I'd like to do it for 15 next week. And, you know, I'm a college student and I'm between exams, so I'm going to do it for 20 hours next week. And mm. just that ability to scale is critical. And um, and we see that over and over from
0: workers. Yeah, you, you, there's there's so much good stuff in there. The. the um... It reminded me of um, it was about three years ago. There was a show on the in the UK called Panorama, and and I, I'm, I've got a I've got a quite a big question to ask you in a minute. I want to give it a bit of a build up, um, which is uh, on this show. So this is a um, a show. Where you've got a live audience, uh, cross section of the, you know community. You've got a panel of you know experts, people from the government, and people that might represent certain you know, parts of industry or, or whatever the major topic is, then you got a host and, uh, and the, and, and the topic of the show, this was in, it was, in, it must've been three years ago. So it was autumn, um, 2019 before the pandemic hit. And this was when there was a lot of publicity around, um, the freelance economy and gig economies and they just called it the gig economy because that was the you know, the buzzword of the day. And, um, and basically the, the panel were made up of, um, people from industry or from the government or anybody associated with uh places where they confederate and want to control and the everybody talked about the negative side of the flex economy you know the the abuse the zero hour contracts the race to the bottom the lack of care over people and all these sorts of things but the, the funny thing was, which is which is what you've mentioned, which is the high seventies, eighty percent of people that say, do you know, I really like this. Was then they what they, they then do is they they pan to the audience and the audience get like hand around a mic, and uh and these people put their hands up going, and they were go, well, I'm a I'm an Uber driver and do you know what I I just really like working this way because I can do fifteen hours this week or I can do ten hours next week and that stuff. So it was this this massive juxtaposition between. What people were saying they wanted to do gave them the flexibility versus what those in authority were saying why they shouldn't be doing it. So my big question is, potentially putting my cynical hat on, is do you think that the you know these changes to Dol and everything like that, is it is it a case that they want to be able to put in more uh, control fundamentally to do with? Actually, providing protection to people, or is it another way they can collect taxes?
1: I mean, I spent ten years working as a as a government and as a public servant, and I have huge respect for public servants that um, that have opted to to serve the public in whatever capacity that they're serving it in. And I usually think, in both my personal interactions with them and um, and in sort of seeing policies that come out, that the goal is helping people. And I think that in the Department of Labor and everywhere else that I've seen in the US government, the intentions are good. Um, I think that in in the case of the app-based economy, at least, there's often a fundamental misunderstanding of how the technology is used by people. Um, we see, for instance, that, that um, the not just the Department of Labor, but but U.S. Um, lawmakers in general sometimes think about the structure of app-based work in the same way that they thought about the old structure of work, where you were going to a place for a certain set amount of time, and because you're putting in the time, of course, you should get the the minimum wage that is based on a specific time-bound um, right. activity. Yeah. But, but what we see, in fact, is that that the technology allows people to um, be working for four hours, for instance, but for two hours of that time, they're delivering people or food. And for two hours, they've jumped off the app because they're going to their child's dance recital or because they're doing something that, that they have opted to do and and th- that flexibility is exactly why workers like it i use the the example of of a dance mm-hmm. recital because i was myself picked up by a rideshare driver on my way to the airport a couple weeks ago and my 9 year old ran out uh you know ran out of the out of the door to wave to me as i was saying goodbye and sort of ran down the street and the driver said oh like i have a child that age too uh, you know you know what does he like to do and and i said oh you, you know he loves to play sports and he said oh my gosh like the reason that i drive is because my daughter who's the same age is a is a dedicated dancer and uh she she has lessons four times a week and she has recitals all the time and she's very good she's a very good ballerina right. yeah. uh, and so i don't want to miss her stuff. And so this allows me to be able to jump out for like two hours while I otherwise would be working in a way that a traditional job never would. And so Mm -hmm. I see over and over again that technology has allowed people to to balance in a different way than traditional work would and that. Sometimes regulators don't don't understand the 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 ways that the technology itself works and that the 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 requirements that were put in place 100 years ago don't work for Mm -hmm. today's technology. And, you know, we see just statistically and and in our surveys of app based workers that that um, 50% 50% of them actually a little bit more than that regularly have more than one app open at the same time right. so they're not working particularly for or with a particular platform they're monitoring which platform is going to give them the best deal and then going with that thing right. for the next 15 minutes the next 20 minutes but they're they're looking at the 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 way, the opportunity that the technology gives them to make choices about who they want to hire who they want to partner with. Mm. So it isn't that people are working for a platform. It's that they're hiring a platform based on the cost benefit that they've done because mm. the technology allows them to do that. Right. And so they'll pick the the ride that is gonna the is going to pay the most or be the shortest or whatever factor they're thinking about. And that's not the same structure as the structure that we put in place a hundred years ago.
0: Absolutely. And and um we, uh, I mean, the word. I mean, we, we we've latched onto the word gig, right? And it, and it seems to be the most common um, definition. But you know, the word gig, um, is, we, we've used the word gig for a long time. It, you know, it, it was broadly associated with basically somebody with a guitar that would choose to to have a gig in a pub. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do that one, or I'm not. I'm gonna go gigging tonight. You know, it's like, but it's fundamentally that. It's that choice of. I fancy singing in front of that audience tonight in that place or I don't the control is is mine and I get rewarded for my time based upon what I do and the and the control is in my area but we've seen a massive influx of um, you know the kind of that concept working its way across various different industries and it being more prolific in some but the technology that underpins all that and that, that app economy and I completely agree people there's a, a lack of understanding around what those platforms are able to do. Yep. Could, could you expand a bit more about what the proposed changes are to do with in in the the D.O.L. rule associated with you know where 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 is it becoming of a concern and how do you relate that to the world of the apps because the apps because of technology means you can put control in them you can do things within them that can either be completely unregulated or you can start to control people that work on the apps how do you see that side of technology working alongside the the potential changes the the DOL rule proposes?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, again, some of that is still in flux as they're they're, um, considering new changes for the rule, but primarily it's the expansion of what constitutes, what factors constitute something that would count towards employment and for us the thing that we really focus on is that flexibility and control and decision making remains with the person who's doing the work Um, and that's very different from from traditional work where that control remains with the employer
0: yeah we've, we've um as you've, you, know, you can probably pick up, we spend a lot of time in this space and, and um, in the UK it's slightly different in that we've got three worker classifications. You've got employed, freelance and then this then this one that's called worker classification which, um, you know, is this kind of hybrid in between. But we, we know that there's a lot of um, focus on, there's a number of kind of uh, areas to do with dependency, about lack of substitution, about no penalisation, uh, the ability to come in and out of work without the, you know, you don't have to, So the the more control you put on, you try to put on the 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 person who's wanting to do the work, the more you start to potentially morph into that area where it could be classified as um, you know as a worker or W two you know into that employment um, status. But from where we see there being the most angst at the moment is to do with the amount of time that people could work on the platform because. It's you know, it's one of those things, if it looks and smells like something, it probably is something. So people are like, you know, where they're working forty hours a week on one platform and they're doing everything that kind of looks like full employment, but they're not classed as full employment, that's where there's a particular problem. But what the technology and the app industry is able to do is of course better control that. You, you know, the apps don't have to the apps can, you know, limit or certainly restricts the hours that people work do do you see that as um in in the the, you know the organizations you represent do you see them doing that as in trying to offer a level of restriction so that the people that work on the apps don't do full-time work because there would it will just cause more issues down the line with worker classification
1: um so the fundamental the fundamental um, advantage of app based work and gig work to the workers is that they can scale that up and down at their discretion. So yeah. it isn't up to the companies to to make that call as long as, um, you know, sort of basic legal requirements for safety are met. Um, uh, what we see in our our own surveys of workers, we just did uh, the first national app, exclusively app-based server study that had ever been done um, and found that actually uh, more than 80% of people who are doing app-based work are, are doing it for fewer than 20 hours per week and over 60% yeah. are doing it for fewer than 10 hours per week. Most people are either doing it um, to supplement a traditional job just, you know, because they need to make more money or they want to meet a particular financial goal, um, or they're doing it bec- in a way where they otherwise wouldn't be in the workforce. They they are parents who wouldn't otherwise be able to be in the workforce because they're working around a particular education or health need of a child. Um, they're retirees, they're, they're college students, they're, they're sort of they're not people who are replacing traditional forty-hour-a-week jobs with this work, and that's a really common misperception in, mm. among U.S. lawmakers too—that that the app-based world is full of workers who can't get a real job and so are doing this forty hours per week.
0: Oh, really? Is that oh, okay? That's interesting. It's a common yeah.
1: misperception, when in fact that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. It is mm. this this economy is is actually very favorable right now in the U.S. to people who. Would like to find a traditional job. If you want, you know, to to work um, either full or part time in a traditional, uh, you know, employer-employee based relationship, a W two job, like there's no shortage of them. Every restaurant, hotel, uh, you know, retail yeah. store in the U S. right now has a help wanted sign in the window, and nonetheless people are flocking to this new way of working because it gives them a level of flexibility, independence, and control that they want and that works for their lives. And so it's really a fascinating thing to me to to, to hear policymakers say, hey, no, we know best about what you want when our workers are saying, no, no, like I know best about what right, I want.
0: Exactly it, yeah. It's, it, that's absolutely summarized it for me, which is this: it, it, people are in authority that feel like they're We've got the answers we're here to protection Be like yeah we don't we don't want that type of protection and we're not looking at we want to work in this way because it people are as you say they're, they're fitting it around their their lives and we, we do a similar similar server we would love to get if you're able to share some of the details in this survey. it sounds brilliant we, you know oh,
1: absolutely I'll, I'll send it over yeah. to you after this um it's a public survey um so
0: oh, okay great, okay cool then yeah, no. we'll, we'll put it in the show notes as well and the stuff because more the, the information there is around um, the understanding of you know of of the, the, of the people talking how they want to uh, around this is fascinating. Now I think did he mention? Did he say thirty six percent are in the in that economy at the moment?
1: Um, well, that's a McKinsey statistic from a survey uh-huh. two or three years ago um, right. that said that one out of three, a little bit more than one out of three Americans, had done some kind of independent contracting work, and that. Yeah. Uh, and that counted everything from app-based work to um, traditional independent contractors to sole proprietors of a of a you know LLC or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and uh, I think it's probably grown even more now. Um, what what we find is that um, uh, that there's a big and growing percentage of people in in the United States, um, and particularly post. There are more and more people who have looked at what opportunities do new technologies, new ways of working, new thinking about the importance of flexibility and the importance of control um, give me.
0: Yep, I completely agree. And and I think the um, do, do you have any do you forecast at all or do you have any? I'm going to ask you a crystal ball question in a minute, but specifically on the on the on that number. If you know if it's one in three, do you have a personal perception, or what do you think that number is likely to be in, let's say three years time, 2025?
1: Yeah, there there are a number of surveys that have estimated that in the US and and potentially worldwide um, that by 20. Uh, 2030 or so, um, mm-hmm. about about one out of two people will have done independent contracting work in some way. Um, and and I see it at a much higher rate than that. I, I mm-hmm. uh, before COVID would ask, you know, sort of rooms full of people all the time, you know, how many people here have done some kind of app based work, or independent contracting mm-hmm. work, you know, as a, as a, um, you know, consultant or something, and, and probably Seventy-five percent of people said that they had.
0: Wow. Yep, that's uh, seems to that's be just my own anecdotal experience, though. Okay, so yeah, so somewhere between thirty-six percent and seventy-five percent, something like that. But you know, basically, you know, it, there's no shortage, and it's only ever going to increase. Is the you know is the takeaway? Um, so the I mean, I, I appreciate that was already a crystal ball question, but the other one, which is where, where do you think the where do you think this is going to go from a legislative I can't say that word. You know the word I'm trying to say. From from a legislative perspective, in the next sort of two to three years, how long do you think this consultation period will last, and what do you think the outcomes are likely to be? You know, that in for, you know, in the flex economy.
1: Well, I hope where we get to is a recognition by lawmakers that um, that one, people are enthusiastically embracing this way of working. That two, th- there's a um, there's a real need for it in the economy and that it meets sort of a gap in both flexibility and in financial need. And yeah. thirdly, that we think about how to empower people to do that work um, with the same kinds of, um, Tax credits and uh, support and things that we that we offer to traditional W two employees. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, if if it were my system to design, and I am trying to think about you know how how I would suggest designing mm-hmm. it, uh, we'd have we'd have both systems. we have we'd have a way for people um, who want W two work and who want to work in a traditional way as an employee. Um, an employee to do that kind of work easily and well and we'd have people who want to work as independent contractors and app-based workers have a way to work easily and well and that we would we would um, ensure that the financial opportunity and the sort of life control opportunity and flexibility is available to anybody who wants it.
0: Well, it's it's great that your, uh, your organisation is called Flex, right? <laughs> it's, just, it's the only way to come back to all the time because that's what it is: is giving people flexibility, and that's what they want. And hopefully, things will catch up in a way that allows people to give that flexibility. Um, yeah, and, and like, you know, we're, we're obviously massive advocates of this as well, and and it comes from a comes from all the right place, which is what this is what people are saying they want to do, and it's about enabling them to do it. and yeah, and, uh, and let's hope it continues but you know it's been a it's been a fascinating conversation we could probably go on for a long time but we, we're trying to make these you know kind of short and sweet get in there but you know it's been it's been some amazing information there um where, where do people go to find out more about flex and where can they can they get the report from your website or what's the best way to get that
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, uh, our website is flexassociation.org. Um, and um, you, I think probably even just Googling app-based economy survey um, would also pull it up. It's a survey that we did uh, with Morning Consult.
0: Great. Well, we, we'll um, be looking into that as well. And so we can, uh, we can pick some items out. And uh, hopefully next year when we do our um, our CX report, when we do our annual uh, industry paper and all this we can hopefully get your perspective in that It'd be fascinating to have your have you involved
1: sounds good thank you so much chris i really appreciated the discussion and uh, and you know your advocacy around this work too
0: brilliant well likewise i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day i'm pretty much finished now on this rainy friday afternoon in england and i'll leave you to uh, washington dc yes, <laughs> thank so you christian it's where it is wonderful. sunny but cold thank you <laughs> thank you bye